My sister and I were sent to Sunday school mm-hmm. I guess in the days when maybe parents didn't have to attend as well. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Things are a bit different now. Um, so we, we grew up going to Sunday school lessons at the Salvation Army. Uh-huh. So I had a very, very much had an awareness of God and I think my mum had had an encounter with God earlier in her life but hadn't sort of made that full life commitment. So grew up with those values. Mm-hmm. But we did, we, I wouldn't say we were a, a practicing Christian family. Okay. And was there uh, a, a conversion experience at some stage? I'm, I'm hoping there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us what happened. <laughs> yeah, so we went through a bit of a family crisis um, in Perth. We were in Perth by that time. And my father decided we needed family counselling. So mm-hmm. we turned to the Salvation Army for that. Wow. So we had some counselling through the Salvation Army, started going to church a few Sundays. Um, Dad stopped coming after about four weeks, but my my Mum and I kept going and eventually I was, you know, I was in the brass band and I was attending youth group and I was doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and went on an Easter camp and when I was 12 and thought, oh, okay, I think I need to say yes to, to mm-hmm. this Jesus guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And was there a big change in your life at the age of 12? Like, did you give up drugs and smoking? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, all that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did your mates notice at school? A little bit. Some of them would say, you know, why you? What is it about you? There's something about you, okay. especially through high school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't overly overt about my faith at school, at high school, mm-hmm. which I regret now. I wish I had been. Um, but they always knew there was something different about me. Mm. There was just something they couldn't put their finger on. And um, it wasn't until um, my late teens into my 20s that I really made a full commitment to the Lord and said, I want to live for Jesus. Okay. And tell us about your love for music and singing. Was that uh, you know from a young age as well? Or? Absolutely. I grew up, um, my parents loved amateur theatre. Mm-hmm. So I grew up um, doing amateur theatre with them, musical societies. I think my first musical I was in was Annie when I was four. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> grew up doing that, dance lessons, singing lessons, all of that. And so that was always going to be what I wanted to do when I grew up. And tell us what other musical theatres you've been in. Because I did a bit of that when I was a young fellow. I was, okay. I was in... Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I was in. Um, oh, I can't. Too many to name. But you know, uh, uh, what's what's the one with the, the uh, West Side Story? You know, I used oh, to do you all were those dancing? in school. Oh, no, yeah. I, I wasn't a, actually a very good singer or a dancer. I was just more of an actor and a prop, uh, or you know, or a stagehand, <laughs> or you know, something like that. Right. But I, I loved. I grew up doing you know more acting than than the other things. But mm-hmm. uh, always uh, had a, a passion for the theatre. So what what other ones? Is it, can you oh. name drop any off the top of your head? Music Man. Yeah. West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Annie. Yep. Uh, South Pacific. Okay. Yeah. And, like, and like lead roles? 
in some of those. Okay, yeah, very cool. Yeah, and all through high school, we did production every year in high school yeah. as well. So that was always fun. A little bit of my testimony. I was doing speech and drama and everything up until uh, the, about the age of 15, and I was so nervous. I was so hopeless. My voice hadn't broken, I, you know, everything. And then when I came to the Lord at a youth camp, I all of a sudden got this boldness wow. and started getting lead roles and actually oh, doing amazing. well in, in theatre, you know. <laughs> so it's like it, you know, paid off going to know the Lord yep, yep. in my very limited, th- uh, you know, amateur acting career. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, so tell us a bit about uh, your, you know, training at WAPA. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's an incredible, uh, you know, people like Heath Ledger and Hugh Jackman. Who, who else has trained there? Yeah, Lisa McCune. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's been, it was a privilege to go there. Um, mm-hmm. I had it on my heart from sort of when I was 15 and I heard about it. I was like, okay, I'm going there. Okay. That's what I want to do. And auditioned out of high school and got in um, and um, spent the next three years singing and dancing and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best experience of my life. Um, God really got a hold of my life partway through mm-hmm. my my time there, um, but I, I and I wanted to drop out because I thought, well, this isn't what I necessarily want to do, and I don't want to go into an industry. It's a tough industry to be in as a Christian. Yeah, yeah. You know, to to compromise certain values or to maybe have to be asked to. You mm. don't have to. You can choose not to. Mm. Um, but you might not get the work. So, mm. but the Lord said, no, stay, finish. It's a privilege to be there. It was really hard to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed and I finished and then went on into ministry and ended up using all those skills. I was a worship pastor and creative pastor at a church for 15 years. So okay. used all those things I'd learnt yeah. in, for God's work and his ministry. Ah, fantastic. And just while we're on that subject too, did you meet any of those big shots while you were there? You, you know, any, any no, fun? No? No, sorry. <laughs> None of them went on to be famous? No one that you worked um, with? Oh, Eddie Perfect. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. So the he with was, the big hair. He was in the year below me, yep. Okay, he's been on Play School and yeah, he's, doing he's very been on well. um, everything lately. Mm. He's mm. been on a couple of good TV series. Okay, yeah. Eddie Perfect. Yeah. Is he from WA, is he? No. No? He just no, went over to I mean, people come from all over Australia yeah. to do okay. musical theatre there. There you yeah. go. Interesting. All right, so let's get back to your musical career. Mm. Uh, tell us about your – so you obviously did worship leading and you were involved in that for many years. Yes. Tell us about your first album that you released. The first album I released was called Neo Light, and that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. And really at the time I wanted to write music that was accessible to non-Christians as well as Christians. So the songs I wrote were me um, talking about my love of Jesus but not using his name. Or, okay. So if, if anyone knew me, they knew what I was speaking about my faith and that side mm-hmm. of things. But if they didn't, it was more about, okay, what's life about? Mm-hmm kind of raising the question for people to then explore a bit further. Before we get on to your second album, you met, uh, tell us how you met your husband, obviously, uh, you know. We were in a band together. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, what does he play? Is he a... He's a saxophonist. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, he's one of those annoying people who can play lots of instruments. Oh, okay. okay but he yeah. studied saxophone, jazz saxophone at mm-hmm. the con. So um, we met in a band. It was a 10-piece soul band doing the commitments kind of stuff, oh, and Aretha Franklin and all that stuff. Mustang Sally, all that yep, kind of stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, we knew each other for six to nine months before we decided to start dating. But mm-hmm. I think after the second date we knew. We, we'd both uh, had an encounter with the Lord and both kind of had a faith. We're nominal, kind of go to church every now and then. But I think the Lord really used each other to draw us back to himself, which was amazing. And when you started dating him and got serious, did you think he'd become a pastor one day? No. So, <laughs> see, I married, I married a um, a poor musician, and then he turned into a poor pastor. A poor pastor. 
<laughs> <laughs> not that money's anything to do with it. <laughs> no, of course not, of course not. So um, tell us about your journey to becoming pastors. Music was always a big part of our lives and we had a, a band and we taught music in schools and had some programs in schools that we'd run. And we're attending um, a large Church of Christ in WA, in Perth. Um, and after about a year of being there, the Lord started to stir something in my husband and there was a position open for the music director, um, an underpaid position, just a volunteer position, but he stepped into that role and then things sort of progressed from there and about a year later I sort of sensed the same sort of thing, that the Lord was maybe calling us both into ministry and mm -hmm. within, the, within the next two years we were both on staff at this church um, looking after the worship and creative arts. Wonderful. And do you think... Uh, there's a revival of the arts in the church these days because, mm. you know, I mean, wherever I turn, I'm meeting new Christian artists. I'm seeing people that are making movies these days. There's yeah. people that are painting amazing things. Like, have you have you noticed it in absolutely. your circles? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I love it because it's, mm. it's redeeming these these gifts that God has given to people back for his glory, mm. you know. And that's the, I think that's the reason we were given them is to glorify him. And yeah. sadly, sin has taken that away mm. and robbed that. And now, yeah, to be able to redeem some of those things for the, for the Lord mm. is fantastic. And what do you think about the whole sacred versus secular divide when it comes to the arts, you know? Like there's some people that say, oh, I only listen to Christian music and I only watch Christian movies and, and mm. go, you know, I only have mm. a Christian plumber that fixes my, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, there's this whole thought, all, yeah. there's, all there's this thought that, hey, God made everything and That's God right. can redeem any anything in the arts for him you know what, what's your you've probably been trained to in this area you know yeah. what, are you, what, what are your thoughts on that i yeah. i love christian music and i love yeah. listening to christian music and it uplifts me um but i think it's important to to be across all styles and mm. to be across all parts of the arts and community because we've got to be in the world not of the yeah, world yeah that's good you know mm. so if we need to be aware of what's going on and be able to have conversations with non-christians about these things mm. if we're in a little jesus bubble and I think we, we struggle with that. Yeah. We, you know, we might want to be Jesus to others, but they can't connect with us because they don't know anything about the things that we know about. Yeah, and yeah. They don't know what we're listening to and they don't understand it. So mm. to be able to have that that step into their world as well is yeah. really important. I read a book years ago called Addicted to Mediocrity from Frankie Schaefer, a well-known Christian uh, author, and he, he challenged anyone in the arts saying, you know, don't be in your Christian bubble, mm. be in the world and of the world, and be excellent at what you do, you know. Just yes. because we're, we, we're Christians in the arts doesn't mean we should settle for second best. We should always have that high standard of excellence and Absolutely. to be as creative as possible because God created us to be creative. And uh, he, he also uh, threw out that challenge uh, to make sure that um, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, that, you know, sometimes we can get too creative that we can leave out biblical truth or, mm -hmm. you know, godly messages, you know, because there, there's extremes on both sides, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's the really cheesy Christian stuff and there's the stuff that's nothing to do with God whatsoever. And we need to make sure that we're, we're finding where God's called us to be on that spectrum, you know, yeah, so it's a good challenge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's great. And I think that, that, that whole idea of excellence, you know, we don't do excellence for excellence sake. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I think it's amazing that there's so much, so much great Australian Christian music being produced now mm. that there wasn't you know, 10 or 15 years ago yeah, yeah. and film and everything like mm. that is just so good that the world looks at it and goes, oh, it's not cheesy. It's not, mm. you know, boring. Mm. This is actually quite good and, and it opens doors. In my, <laughs> in my hands here, I have your new album, Faithful. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this project came about. Um, I just had songs on my heart. I'd been writing for a few years mm -hmm. and um, we'd come, I've come to a point in, in my 
pastoral ministry where I just felt a discontent. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the church I was at, nothing to do with the people I was working with and serving alongside, but um, a discontent that, that the Lord was stirring in my heart that maybe it was the time to step out itinerantly. And mm-hmm. and so in order to do that, I guess you need to have something that people can listen to and, yeah. <laughs> and that you can um, share with others. So I spent two years writing and then about six months recording and putting it all together. Mm-hmm. And it came out in February this year. And it's kind of leaning towards the worship style? Yeah, yeah. it's it's Christian contemporary pop and mm-hmm. there's there's definitely worship songs in there. On the album, they're a little bit more produced, mm-hmm. um, um, whereas they're songs that some of them are songs that I know we do in our church and other churches do in theirs as worship songs. Okay, yeah, fantastic. And what would you say is the uh, the lead single, like the the one that you you said, yeah, this is the one you got to listen to. What's the? <laughs> oh, this oh, I like I like a lot of them, but um, I think in your presence is is a great upbeat, mm-hmm. you know, and it's probably the one that's more cutting edge in its style mm-hmm. compared to the others you know there's some there's some amazing cutting edge kind of you know young and free and all that doing some amazing music and i mm-hmm. guess it's a little bit i wouldn't compare it to young and free i'm not yeah, that yeah. good but do you um, rap in the middle of your song no no no, no. <laughs> lacrae doesn't come in and join you now i would love <laughs> nf yeah nf yeah yeah what's up uh tell us about uh, how you write your songs how do they come to you generally i don't sit down and write i don't sit down and say i'm going to write a song today mm-hmm. it'll be while i'm going about my life while I'm going about, you know, can be mopping the floor, you mm-hmm. know, all the boring mundane things that everyone has to do. <laughs> the mum times, yeah. Um, the Lord will lay something on my heart or, you know, obviously one more is reading the word and, and there's things that pop out from that that I'll maybe just write something down mm-hmm. and then, yeah. When when I'm more intentional, like I've got to finish an album, then you might sit down and say, okay, I've got to write a song today. But there's always ideas there that you come back to that you've had before. Mm. Fantastic. And uh, before we do go, uh, I always like to ask our guests, uh, you know, you shared a bit of your story about how you heard about the gospel and you came to the Lord at a young age. Mm. You know, there might be people listening now that have never actually heard the gospel, that ne- never have never had an opportunity to respond to the good news. Would you share with our listeners now what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? The gospel is that God sent his son, Jesus. He came to this earth. He died. He rose again. And he died for our sins. And he came so that we could be reconciled to the Father and that we could have a hope in this life for the next life. And if people wanted to respond to that, what would you say is uh, the next steps they could take? I think there are many options. You know, you can start by reading one of the Gospels, Mm -hmm. get yourself a Bible, um, read a Gospel and really pray. Like Mm. you may never have prayed before. You may not know kind of who you're praying to yet, but you believe that there's a God there, mm-hmm. pray to pray to God and ask him to reveal himself to you as you're reading. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, it's wonderful to meet you today and uh, hear about the, the heart behind your music. If people want to find out more, the website is melcruthers.com.au. That's mel, C-R-O-T-H-E-R-S, cruthers.com.au. She's also on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Pokemon. You're on everything. (laughs) All over the social media. All over. (laughs) Uh, If you want to uh, connect with Mel and uh, find out more about this incredible new album, uh, you can find out all the details there. The album called Faithful is out now. Thanks so much for your time, Mel. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. 
Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.